Hello everyone, this is Fire Chief Paul Dow with Albuquerque Fire Rescue. Now this podcast is designed to bring you helpful training and best practices and some additional resources that you can access from anywhere. So thank you for joining us and enjoy today's episode. Good afternoon. Welcome to another uh, exciting podcast uh, presented to you by Albuquerque Fire Rescue. Uh, my name is Lieutenant John McGee. I'll be your host today and we have a special guest. Um, we have Special Programs Director for PSPG, or the Public Safety Psychology Group, and the Early Childhood Development Specialist, Jen Rogers. Hi, thanks Hi, Jen. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I've read you and your husband Troy's position paper. Okay. Right? And the paper, the subject matter, and I'll just read the title. I know you wrote it, but I'll read it for <laughs> the sake of the audience. COVID-19 and the long-term psychological effects on our children, right? And that's a mouthful. It is. Um, and I, you know, for me, I guess I realized that COVID-19 was affecting families, but I, you know, we've been taught by the media that it really didn't affect children. And we were talking, to, I guess we were thinking in terms of infection. Right. But what I missed were the psychological effects, right? So here with the um, position paper, you start off and you say, let me briefly introduce myself. And right away I thought, well, who is she introducing herself to? So who who was your target audience? Who did you write this position paper to? We wrote it for anybody who really has a stake in children in our state. Um, and we were hoping to get it out to a lot of folks. So as you mentioned, my husband, Troy, um, is not only a psychologist, he's also a coach. And so our hope was to get it out kind of multiple directions. Like a high school coach? or Yeah, he's okay. a high school wrestling coach. Okay. Yep. And so um, he's wanting the NMAA to kind of hear this. He's wanting... Uh, now, for people not in the state, what is the NMAA? Sorry, New Mexico Activities Association. Gotcha. Yeah, so and they govern... They govern guess, all of sports? the sports through uh, middle and high school, all the school sports. Okay. And so um, we were wanting them to recognize kind of the um, official kind of struggles that kids are going through uh, and also anybody else who needed to have some sort of backing to what they're seeing um, in terms of teachers and, and those sorts of okay, things. Okay, so Mike, so we were talking about the public education department maybe? Correct. What about the governor's office? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we did send a copy to her. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any uh, any feedback from the... We got the those? official thank you. Right on. Yeah. Good for we you. We got the official thank you okay. letter. So. Um, okay, so... You, you talked about the effects on the children. Uh -huh. How is it that this information came to your attention? And well, let's talk about what the problem is. How about that? We define, let's define sure. what you see. So what we're seeing, as you guys are seeing, when, when folks are kind of locked up, whether they're in uh, quarantine, whether they've not had a job for a while, when we're uh, not lucky enough to be first responders and get out every day, sure. we're kind of stuck at home. Uh, and that makes us a little bit stir crazy. Um, when you put that impact on children who don't have the benefit of really understanding all of the ins and outs and the whys, um, that's part one. And then part two is they're struggling um, socially and academically. Mm -hmm. And so we've got a, a whole group of kids right now who are already behind 
um, academically, and now we are putting them in front of a screen for however many hours a day and saying, please learn this way. Um, and by the way, don't learn from any sort of social interaction. Uh, it's stunting them in multiple ways. And, and you've seen, I mean, so you have a business, right? right. The PSPG, the psychology group, you guys, you treat Right. Individuals, right? We do. We treat first responders and their families. So okay. we're seeing this both um, in the adults and then also the struggles that they're having with their kids. But we also have a middle school program where we teach um, in Bernalillo County, uh, seventh grade health. And so we decided last semester to not teach because I didn't want to do it virtually. Gotcha. Um, and now knowing that we need to do it, um, you just see the kids in their blank kind hmm. of looking back at you on the screen. Um, so you've interacted with these kids. Now, are you seeing this in terms of your 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 treatment of these children, mm -hmm. depression, I'm, th I'm guessing? Yep. Um, and is that an increase from what you experienced sure. prior to COVID? So what we're seeing across the board, even in adults, is a 300% increase in mental health-related issues. 300%? Um, 300%. From when? From uh, a year ago. So, so right when COVID So rightly pre-COVID, if you look at those numbers, you're going from folks who are, you know, kind of going about their business to diving into quarantine, losing their job, whatever it may be, um, and... 300% calls for mental health. And how does this present clinically? Like mental health is broad. What are we What are we talking about? We're talking about people who are needing to be seen because they're feeling signs of depression. They're feeling um, anxiety maybe um, when they do go out uh, to the supermarket or places like that. And then the for on the kids' side, things like social um, isolation is really um, causing a lot of folks to struggle um, when they're basically shut in their room, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. So, and then, you know, I read in the paper, we're even talking about things like increased obesity, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. as a parent, maybe sometimes to, for lack of a better term, sedate the kids. <laughs> it's going to be first snack time, then second snack time, and right. they're snacking all day. Have you seen this as well? You see on both sides. You see the kids who are getting kind of overfed and and maybe not the best food, right? Because mm -hmm. um, it's it's hard. Uh, and then you have the kids who are not eating at all because wow. mom and dad aren't home to provide the food. Uh, they're off at work or whatever they might be doing. And so uh, either- now These are kids who may have been relying on school food or lunch programs before right. to get most of their, their meals during the day. Correct, because wow. a lot of New Mexico schools are Title I schools, which is free and reduced lunch. But then on top of that, even more of our schools um, are getting free breakfast. So you've got kids who two meals a day, now they're losing access to um, if they're not in school. Wow. So, okay, and then you, you also, you guys talk about the Blue Thunder Foundation, and right. that was interesting. Tell me a little bit about it. So that is kind of our, our sister foundation. We started a nonprofit a few years ago recognizing that kids need sports and that they're not always able to access them due to the, the fees associated with club sports. Um, and so 
On top of that, we also found that first responders love to coach. They need outlets uh, for their kind of own mental health. <laughs> is, is that a good thing? It's a great thing. Oh, okay. And so we uh, we combine the two. And so we've got uh, programs where um, our kiddos are being coached by first responders who are volunteering their time. Okay. Um, and, the, and the foundation covers fees? Covers all their fees. It's a low cost if you can't afford it. It's not a big deal. Is that across the board, all sports? Right. So we're hoping to expand more sports. Um, but right now, uh, again, with COVID, it's really shut down. But our our biggest one was wrestling. Um, and so we had a four-year-old. Uh, yeah, I know school. your husband. I think yeah. he told me he was a uh, he was quite the collegiate uh, athlete, mm -hmm. wrestler. So he, yeah, I'll brag on him for a minute because he's, <laughs> he's not here. He was a 12-time letterman in high school. Oh, wow. Um, he was the state in athlete. four years? Four years. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All eight years. Um, he was the state athlete of the year here in New Mexico. Wow. And then, uh, so wrestling, baseball, and football. And he played baseball and football in college. Wow. Guy could have went pro. Sound like. It paid for school. Right on. Yeah. Um, so you had some interesting points in your position paper, and I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here, right? Okay. Because um, there were some studies that came out. We mm -hmm. talked about. It's difficult because while you acknowledge school closures almost had to happen mm -hmm. until we could catch up with vaccines and investigate what this is, there were some unintended consequences. Right. Some of the ones you named. And then some studies came out, and I'll quote one here, right? It says that in one study, they looked at 100,000 hospitalizations per week, and they were only seeing... 36 to 44 new cases out of that 100,000 people. Right. That sounds pretty small, mm -hmm. right? On one end, but on the other end, would I want my child to be one of those 36 to 44 right. children? What, what, so what, what's your position on that? Are we saying we shouldn't have closed the schools or that we had to? I think at some point we probably needed to, especially last spring when it first came out, I think we needed to do what we did, which was shut down the schools, go virtual, try to figure things out. Um, once the data started coming in that was showing that kids were not the ones getting truly sick, um, whether they had healthy backgrounds or not, this, like the flu and like many other viruses, is something that affects older generations. Um, and so I think there was a way that we probably could have gotten back to school faster looking at that information. Is that kind of looking back, though? Is that a hindsight thing or...? Uh a little bit, um, but if you start looking at some of the other states opened up a lot quicker when they were looking at that data and breaking it down that way. Are there any states that didn't close at all? There are. There's a number of states that didn't close at all. Do you have any data? How do, how do we, New Mexico, compare to those states? So one of the interesting things is one of my uh, staff has a sister with, I want to say, five or six children in the public schools in Nebraska, and they did not shut down at all. Um, and she said what's interesting is that the numbers – across the board, all age ranges, deaths, uh, everything that we look at here are almost identical. Wow. Um, and I guess that's important when we put it in context, because what another point you bring out in, in the position paper is that I guess your real concern is that this is going to have lingering 
ongoing effects. Absolutely. So talk a little bit about that. So when we look at what schools provide for kids, um, it provides not only education, but it provides socialization. It provides opportunities to um hit benchmarks. And a lot of those benchmarks are things that you can't replicate outside of school um, easily. And that's social interaction. It's understanding what we need to do versus not do. How do I make friends? How do I have all of that kind of um, become a part of me to be a healthy adult? Um, And when we isolate kids at this young age and keep them, again, just behind that camera all day, um, it really is going to affect their ability, one, to be able to make those um, decisions and choices as they get older, and two, if they even get there, right? We're seeing high rates of depression, higher rates of suicidality um, in in younger and younger children right now. But now, can I argue that, so it's been 11 months, Uh give or take, so whatever ground they lost, I mean, when they go back to school, can't they just pick up where they left off or it doesn't work that way? Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, right? We we wish it would. I wish we could just hit that fast forward button. Um, but we have developmental milestones and we have to meet hmm. them. And if we don't meet them, we, you know what I'm saying? It still has to be met even if we're in slow motion. And I feel like that's maybe where we're at right now is slow motion. So and then you know, I'm going to jump a little bit out of order here. So. Mm-hmm. As a parent, yep, and my kids at home, um, they're looking at a screen all day, right? We're yep. at our third snack time. <laughs> um, what are some signs that I should be looking for as a parent? And, you know, so a couple of the things that you really want to be looking for are are behavior changes, right? I'm hoping that at this point you know kind of what your kid's new normal is in terms of um, activity levels, interest levels. Um, Hopefully they're not watching as much TV because of the screen time that they've got during the day. Um, But if those things start to change, if they become more irritable with their siblings or you as parents. um, Now, could I have friends who would blame that on just the stress of, you know, now all of a sudden mom's a substitute teacher. And maybe she had no clue what the curriculum was at the school. And because I have friends that say, well, they're stressed because they're. I I think everybody's stressed. Um, And I think what makes it even more difficult is when you're talking about children who are depressed, a lot of times it will come out in anger Hmm. and not in sadness. And so you're not necessarily going to see your child balled up in the corner, kind of stereotypically what we think of. You're going to see those outbursts. And so being able to kind of ask the hard questions and and decide, are you just frustrated because this is 11 months um, and this is hard or is there a little bit more? And okay, let's say we we, we, we think, okay, he, there's something going on. What's your recommendation, you know, at that point? At that point, if you think there's something going on or if they've admitted to feeling um, depressed, sad, out of control, any, any of the words that they're choosing to use, um, you need to get them evaluated. And that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, 
inpatient kind of setting where you're, you know. Because that has a certain connotation. It feels feels really heavy. But even just having a conversation with a professional um, who can ask questions and and really parse out, is this kind of the beginning stage of depression where maybe seeing a therapist once or twice a month will help? Or are we really far along and we need to have some interventions? Okay, so you say interventions and that was a perfect segue. Thanks, Jen. Mm -hmm. Um, Because so medications... And then if we're going to talk about medication, then the vaccine. Okay. So is, is, is that a solution for these other problems from your perspective? I th- we get vaccinated, we go back to school. I think it makes a lot of people feel safer. The, the vaccine the itself? The vaccine itself. But I, is there still some public trepidation about the vaccine and fear? I think I'm sure there is. I know there are some folks who um, want to remain as natural as possible just in all aspects of their life. And then you've got folks who um, are concerned about how quickly the vaccines were kind of pushed through the process. Um, You know, when you look at the other side of it, um, you've got three quarters, five eighths, I'm not sure the number of teachers who are saying, I'm, I really don't feel comfortable going back into the classroom until we're all vaccinated. Interesting. But from your perspective, and I'm just kind of basing it off of uh-huh. your position in the paper, you don't mention it specifically, but do you think that would, that it would help? Is that, is that, you know, a consequence of everybody being vaccinated that we kind of fix some of these problems and get back on track? I think that a lot of folks um, have been fed the seriousness of the disease that comes from it, whether it's a disease, a virus or whatever, that will only be solved if we have some sort of cure. Right. Right. And so the cure uh, in that sense is a vaccine. And I think it will allay a lot of fears. Um, I'm not sure in reality what it will do. What it will do. But I think. um, But you do think we need. The kids need to be back in school. 100%. Okay. And that's kind of where I, where, what I wanted to get to. Um, and then the other point you brought up that was interesting, <clears throat> I didn't know this, it was a KLB investigation. Mm-hmm. And I guess they looked at 22,000 students in New Mexico have missed more than 20% of class. Yes. Wow. Is that a technology issue? What is that? It's, it's virtual truancy. It is virtual truancy. It's, it's a... Combination of issues. One, I think, absolutely is technology. Um, two is um, if you've got, again, multiple kids living at home, uh, do you have the, the broadband, the broad width to... Yeah, the bandwidth, right? Band, thank you. To uh, withstand all of them being on at the same time, or do you get Mondays and you get Tuesdays? Right. Um, on top of that, you've got families who really didn't care in the first place if their kiddos are going to school. I hate to say it that there way, that though, right? but it's there. Um, and so we've made it easier wow. on them uh, to just stay home um, and and do whatever else, you know, is, is happening. So yeah, while they're truant. Mm-hmm. So is this, I mean, do you know, if, is this a nationwide phenomenon or is it just, are we in the, uh, New Mexico is always in the top levels of the categories we don't want to be in. Uh, I think it's just one of the things we've gotten used I to. I think everybody that lives here, we kind of know that. We right? know it, yeah. Um, and but do you know if this is happening in other places? Uh, I don't know that it's happening to the extent that it's happening here. One of the things that frustrates me, like I said, with the middle school program um, is that I'll, I'll log on um, and my teacher will also have logged on that's through the 
through APS or whatever um, district, and they don't require their students to have the camera on. Hmm. And so... Is that a privacy? No, it's a... Uh, it's a personal issue. I think that they're feeling one is a bandwidth issue. If you've got your okay. camera open and you're doing work, yeah. it eats it up. Right. And so that's part of it. And then I think the other part is, um, you know, where some of these kids live at, who else is kind of wandering behind them. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, We've seen some of that in the news. Yeah. Right. So, so now you're trying to interact and you don't know if somebody's on the other end of that. Or not, because all I see is a little circle with an initial in it. Um, and then you'll say, okay, class is over. So they may not even be sitting in the seat. They could be running around, and mm -hmm. you wouldn't know if they're there. And that's a, I see that's a problem. Um, all right, so before we conclude, I definitely want to, um, let's say what a parent does, they, they want their child evaluated. Mm -hmm. um, could they come and see you? They could see us if their parents um, are first responders or somebody in their family is a first responder. Good. Um, if not, there are a bunch of other really great resources out there for kids. Um, but yes, um, being that your audience is first responder, absolutely. they absolutely can come The majority, but you know, we found out it's interesting. Um, for our YouTube channel, uh, we saw the analytics uh, earlier this week. 60% of our viewers um, are outside of New Mexico. Really? So, that's great. Yeah, we have pretty far reach, so that's why we wanted to extend it. But I guess wherever they live. Wherever they um, live, there's always places to, to reach out and, and look for um, what you need. There should be services. You can go through the school. You can ask your school. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for your time. I think we were talking. We will probably have a part two. Sounds good. For this conversation and perhaps have you and your husband here together and we can kind of explore a little bit more. Uh, for those of you that are um, in need of evaluation or uh, just want to talk to a clinician, uh, we're going to put up on the screen the Public Safety Psychology Group, or PSPG. Uh, the office number will be there in the website. Uh, and with that, we will uh, conclude and uh, be safe.